Welcome to the Rapid Change Matters podcast. My name is Howard Cooper, and for over 14 years now, I've been fascinated with helping people to create personal change quickly. But I still come across many who believe that lasting personal change has to take a long time, consisting of reliving traumas or deep psychological analysis, or simply that flawed notion that understanding why you have a problem will somehow make it go away. I'm on a mission to get people who work therapeutically with others to shift their thinking and realize that these beliefs are not written in stone. Rapid change can happen. So, to help you open up to what's possible, I'm interviewing top therapists and agents of change who are out there getting real results with real people really quickly. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to let you know that I've written a quick-to-read, downloadable PDF on five strategies to amplify your client's response, with some great tips on getting your therapeutic suggestions to really sizzle. You can download this for free from rapidchange.works, where you can also find all the information about this episode and episodes still to come. Now, over to the interview. Today, it's a great honor to be interviewing the founder of EFT, Gary Craig. Gary is a Stanford engineering graduate who went on to develop this important tool for change. EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, was first introduced to the public in 1995 by Gary and is most well known for integrating the Chinese meridian system into the therapy process in the form of tapping on various points with your fingertips. So I'm keen to explore how that journey happened and how now at the age of 77 years young he's still optimizing and updating this amazing and powerful technology. Welcome to the podcast, Gary. Oh, so glad to be here, Howard. Well, it's, it really is an absolute honor and a privilege to have you. And I'm really wondering whether we can jump straight in. And if you could tell people a little bit about really what you do and, and how you got started. Well, by background, um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not in the healing fields at all. I mean, you mentioned I was a Stanford engineer, and so I don't have any formal, you know, formal training anywhere in that field. So I'm an outsider to it. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I get to think outside of the <laughs> the normal trappings of the conventional methods, you know. So, and I brought the engineering mindset, you know, to the to the process. But to back up a little bit, I remember clear back at age thirteen, I was fascinated by what I was then calling personal performance psychology—that is, you are what you think you are, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would use that, you know, in sports, playing baseball, et cetera. And I just thought everybody did that because I would imagine things happening on the sports field and darned if they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And and so anyway, I was fascinated by by that. Um, And as I grew up and went to Stanford and played sports and all kinds of other things, that was always in the background. And finally, in around early 1990s, well, even before that, I'd, I'd read every you know, personal performance psychology book you could imagine because it was fascinating to me. But in the early 1990s, I came across a psychologist in Southern California who's since passed away. His name is Dr. Roger Callahan. And he was the first person that I know of that was bringing to the public the idea of bringing the Chinese meridian system into the therapy process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by tapping on the meridians, you know, with your fingertips and <laughs> creating balancing energy down them and so on. So 
Anyway, I became one of his first students, and I mean, he, paid, he charged a lot of money for what he was doing. I mean, I ended up paying him, this is clear back in the early 90s, $110,000 altogether for what he was doing. I was fascinated by it. But what I learned there was that he was, as an engineer would do, he was a bit too complicated with all of this, you know, and it needed to be simplified. And in simplification, it actually made it more powerful. So what I did was I took everything like an engineer would. I took everything he did apart and I put it back together, you know, with those things I thought really mattered. And I ended up with a much more streamlined, easy to use process. I mean, we have we have ten year olds who can learn the tapping process now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I developed it from there. I I put it out to the public. Um, interestingly, I had no idea it was going to be in the hands of millions, which is what it is today, and like translated into twenty three languages and all of that. So I put it out. I put it out with with a um, open hand, meaning. I didn't put any legal fences around it. I um, I didn't require any royalties. I just said, oh, here it is, world. Just do what you want to do with it. And I thought maybe 30 people would use it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but because I had that open hand and because it worked, it just spread all over the place. Uh, the good news is spread. The not so good news is it didn't spread very accurately. I have – Hundreds of imitators all over the internet, and they're all quite different. So it's good. I must tell your 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 listeners that um, it got very distorted, and no two are the same. Like there's over a thousand books written on Amazon uh, that are titled either EFT or its nickname Tapping, and they're all different. You know, <laughs> it's really interesting. But anyway, anyway, so, so I developed. And kept maintained a website where the real deal, if you will, the official authentic version is is there for everybody, everybody to use. I'm fascinated by um, what led you and how did you go about the process of, as you said, sort of simplifying and stripping down what essentially was was it thought field therapy. Yeah, that was Roger Callahan's thing, TFT or thought field therapy, yes. Um, I don't know if there's any magic answer to that question, um, Howard. I'm just – with my left brain engineers kind of, kind of thinking, I kept looking at it and saying, this is way too complicated. It doesn't need to be this complicated. We don't have to have lots of terms like holons and, and uh, what was it, algorithms and all, other very fancy-sounding – terms you basically do that are basically saying well let's tune into a problem and let's uh, tap on the meridian system to to address that problem which is what we did mm. and um, while that's an oversimplification of the process that's basically it and uh, you um, you don't need all the rest of it so that's what I did I, I put it into that simplified form only because I just I just thought it was way too complex and unnecessarily so. And and presumably, you you were still able to get the same, if not better, results using this oh, be this simplified version. 
Yeah, better results actually. Sure. I mean, if you don't have to stumble all over yourself with all the complications, you get better results. So I'm really curious as to. I mean, and, and on one hand, I I, I want to talk to you about how um, people like the medical establishment have responded to you know demonstrations of EFT and certainly some of the studies that have happened because I think that's fascinating. But one question that just pops up now is how did thought field therapists respond when you said well hey guess what i've kind of simplified this and i'm, I'm getting better results here well what i did was I, I created a little a little beginner's program in that and i had a a list of 20 people i knew they were in thought field therapy mm -hmm. that was my beginning little newsletter list and so i just sent them a little newsletter or a little email and said hey i've got this revised simplified version uh you know it's uh, just let me know and i'll send it to you, <laughs> you know? and so they did and they and they started using it and and uh most of them uh just abandoned tft tft still has its following there are people that are very avid about it um you know uh, and, and roger's roger's wife joanne you know a delightful lady runs it uh, we just have a difference of a opinion on it is all hmm. um but but so anyway, they gravitate towards it. And my twenty my twenty person email list soon went to a few hundred, and then a few thousand, and then several hundred thousand, and on on it went. You know, so it just took off. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that we've got a bunch of listeners who are practitioners and use EFT already, but I'm also sure that there are a bunch of people who may have never come across this before. And for those people, I'm wondering whether you could explain. I mean, if someone has never come across it, how would you explain what it is and, and how it works? I would say it's an emotional version of acupuncture, except we don't use needles. Instead, we balance meridians by tapping on them with our fingertips. And in that way, you don't have to have any elaborate elaborate, uh, you know, acupuncture training or anything like that. Anybody can do it. I, I guess the thing that I'm curious about is a lot of people will talk about it as a tapping therapy and they learn uh, the sequence in which to tap, the things to say. But I, I'm right, am I not, in thinking that there's a step beforehand, which is one of the skills of the practitioner is accurately finding out the thing that you want to work with or the thing that you want to change. Yes, and thank you for that. And let me let me just back up a second. One thing we haven't said here so far, which I think we need to say, Howard, is that EFT applies effectively to every, it's an interesting point, every ailment you can name, I don't care if it's emotional or physical, every disease, every emotional issue, I don't care if it's a phobia or, you know, personality disorders or whatever it is, I don't care what label you give to it, EFT can address it. Now, some of these issues are more sophisticated than other issues. Some of them are more complicated, more challenging. And as a result, you need more challenging or more skillful, I should say, use of the, of the procedure in order to be able to you know, gain benefits from the more challenging cases. So to get back to, to your question, what most people have learned to do with EFT is to do a simple little thing like, let's say I have a headache. Well, we would start tapping on one of the meridian points, which is on the, called the carotid chops point. It's on the outside of one of your hands. You just tap there with the other fingertips of the other hand, you know, continuously, as you would say, even though I have this headache. So you're aiming, in, aiming into the problem now. Even though I have this headache, I deeply and completely accept myself. And then, there, then you would continue to 
to tap on a variety of points, which are all listed on our website. Tap on a variety of our points while, while still reminding your system of what you're aiming at, which is the headache. And you do that. Maybe you do a round or two of that. Um, and you go back and check your headache out. And in a high percentage of cases, that headache is either substantially diminished or just flat out gone, you know, and the same would go for, you know, back pain or any other kind of ailment you want to, you want to mention. Now, uh, a lot of people use that. It's a, it's a great first aid piece, but it's not everything in EFT at all. And, and listeners should really know there's quite a difference between that rather band-aid use I just gave you mm-hmm. and sophisticated uses. Um, one of the things that I think everybody knows intuitively is that our physical ailments are often caused by unresolved emotional issues. For example, if we are carrying around anger that we've had for abusive things maybe occurred in our childhood, for example, and we've carried that anger around for all these years, that seethes under the surface of our system. It... um, it takes resources away from our immune system, et cetera, and it ends up showing up physically. It shows up as cancer, as rheumatoid arthritis, as all kinds of other ailments. And the same would go with grief and guilt and things like that. We sort of know that if we, are, if we are, have unrest emotionally, it shows up physically. I mean, one of the more obvious things is if you get, really get angry, your blood pressure goes up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and your face turns red and the veins start out on your neck and stuff like that, okay? My kids would so, testify they've seen that happen to me. Yeah. So, so, I mean, emotional things cause physical things. And so what we do with our more sophisticated use of it is, is we, we aim – at the actual cause of these ailments, which is unresolved emotional stuff. And we will, we will zero it down into something that anybody can learn to do. And that's, we will, we will zero down into specific events in one's life that give rise to our current anger, let's say. That the, a specific event would be the time when my uncle Charlie uh, humiliated me in front of my friends at my eight-year-old birthday party, and I'm still mad about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, one may think about that incident or other incidents in your life and still get worked up about it. It could be a fearful incident, a guilt incident, a grief incident, a anger, whatever. And, and once we've identified that, we can um, aim our EFT tapping at that and the anger on that issue, the one I'm talking about with this Uncle Charlie, just dissipates. And you couldn't get upset about that incident if you tried, you know, if, it was, if it's done properly. And so you, you think about that for a minute and think of all the, all of these specific events in your life where you've had anger, grief, guilt, and, and so on. You can start collapsing them one by one in minutes often. And as you do, you release the burden, this emotional burden on your system, and there's less reason for our cancers and other other physical ailments. Now, I, I, I've been rambling some of it. Did I answer your question? No, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, I, I was... 
I, I, I guess the question was about trying to decipher the skill of the practitioner that it, it's it's not just reducing uh, the therapeutic process to a set of repeatable you know tap here tap here that there is a, a variable skill set which also comes from training and experience presumably of finding and navigating the right the right bits to, to accurately direct the tapping to yes and it's not a difficult skill to learn and once you've learned it you've got it forever and you've got a you've got a skill that will produce results oftentimes that that medicine can't come close to. I'll, gi- I'll give you a great example. Mm. I have I have a uh, case recently. Um, a lady happens to be a doctor, uh, an MD, and she had leaky gut syndrome. Do you know what that is? Uh, I have come across it, yeah. Well, for those who may not know what it is, it's uh, it's it's where the the walls of the in- the intestines get either very thin or they actually develop holes in them. So the intestinal material leaks out into the system. And that causes all kinds of, you know, energy drains and headaches and physical ailments and pains and all kinds of stuff. And the, the medical profession really doesn't have a cure for it. Um, they have ways to help alleviate the symptoms but there's no cure for it. So I dealt with this lady. It took four symptoms, excuse me, four sessions. And we dealt, we didn't really aim it at the physical symptoms at all. We were aiming at the cause, which were a lot of unresolved emotional issues from her past. And once we took care of those, the symptoms just faded. It was gone. I talked to her a year later and it's still gone, you know, so, so, Medicine, and I have a great respect for for the doctors and the the nurses and everyone who's gone through all that process, uh, they tend not to aim at what we consider to be true causes of these things. They aim at symptoms. And so if you learn how to do this process and learn how to aim at true causes, ah, you've got a tool that, that is yours forever and you can do oftentimes what amounts to magic with it. So one of the things that I thought was very interesting, and you have a, a, a very good, uh, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning to my listeners, you an excellent free ebook uh, that you can download, which uh, it talks about the advancements in EFT, which we'll come on to, to shortly. Um, but when I read that, one of the very interesting, very thought-provoking points um, uh, was uh, this idea that we don't know the true cause of our ailments. Um, and that doctors uh, will often say, well, you know, that just kind of happens, or they'll name the symptoms of, of things. Yeah, what I, what I did, and you saw this in the book, um, and by the way, it's a free ebook to anybody. It's called The Unseen Therapist, but we'll get to that in a minute. But what I did was I went to webmd.com, which is one of the largest you know, a, a medical websites, uh, you know, in the world. And I, I just randomly picked a, a number of, uh, how many did I list in that book? Maybe 20 mm. um, ailments that people would have. And I just put it in there and looked and searched for the cause that WebMD would say. And, and they would, the, they, they never had a cause. They would, they would say, well, doctors really don't know the cause of dyslexia. Doctors don't really know the cause of rheumatoid arthritis. Doctors don't really know the cause, or the cause is unknown for ailment X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. And it just went on and on and on and on. And there's an, actually an admission mm-hmm. that they really don't know the cause. Now, they can point to 
perhaps hereditary factors. Uh, you know, perhaps perhaps if you have a so-and-so disease, you're more prone to have this cons- particular ailment and so on. But those aren't causes, you know. So the conclusion from that is, for most things, medicine really does not know the cause. And if they don't know the cause, uh, how can you really expect to have long-term results? Now, that doesn't mean that medicine never works. Obviously, it does. And that doesn't mean surgery to remove a cancerous tumor isn't going to be effective. Yes, it certainly can be. No question about that. Uh, Remove the tumor, remove the cancer. But if you remove the tumor and you remove at least the current cancer, have you removed the cause? You see, the cause is not the tumor. We want to know what causes the tumor. Okay. And that would be the unresolved emotional issues. And that's why I think, and you must understand, and your listeners must understand, I'm not a doctor here, okay? But that's why I think there are so many things, so many of these diseases uh, keep coming back. It's because the cause for them hasn't been resolved. The angers, griefs, guilts, and so on that cause it are still resident. And so you can recause. A, an ailment that that uh, surgery supposedly um, uh, uh, helps you with. And what we're saying is that the, the, the true cause is the negative emotions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, you read the book, you, there's more to it. There's more <clears throat> logic behind that than just that. We've got quantum sure. physics behind us and so on and so forth. But but yes, 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 yes. That's That's the essence of it. And whether somebody wants to believe it or not, that's up to them, but the, I, I just suggest you try it and watch what happens, and your belief will start to shift, okay? Well, I, absolutely, and I, I thoroughly recommend, and we'll put a link on the, uh, the website and on iTunes uh, so that people can go and download the, the ebook and, and read it for themselves, because I think it's a, a fascinating and thought-provoking uh, piece of material. Um, and certainly the very essence of this podcast is to, to get people who are out there as change workers um, to to open their eyes and go, hey, guess what? What what's possible? Let's explore all the the avenues. And uh, I think this is just fascinating. Sure. Um, I'm I'm curious about how over the years, because uh, you've been doing this a while now, um, the medical establishment has responded to seeing demonstrations and studies of the efficacy of EFT, and how whether you've noticed any changes in the way they've responded over over the years you've been doing this. Well, the the response has come in a rather spotty way. Um, the medical profession is, I mean, it's, it's like a large bureaucracy, mm-hmm. uh, and so they have certain rules and everything else, and and uh, it's 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 largely influenced by the medical fraternity and the uh, pharmaceutical folks and so on. So to have a a, a new tool come in, especially one that doesn't require pharmaceuticals, surgeries, radiation, pills, this kind of thing. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a real challenge to get it accepted. And so um, in the institutional sense, EFT has not been accepted yet. And it may never be, as a, as a matter of fact. Hmm. It's, it's sort of seen, I think, as competition and downplayed as a result. Okay. However, uh, there are a number of physicians who are understanding this, and they are using it more and more in their practices. We have one doctor in Holland, for example, who doesn't do anything but 
EFT in, in her medical practice. That's Dr. Gabrielle Rutan. Um, that's all she does. She, she will not use pills, drugs, surgeries, or any of that kind of stuff. Um, she uses only EFT and, and is quite proud of her results. There are, there are others, of course, but I just use her as an example. So one of the things that I, I as a change worker personally, I see is that people will sometimes bring me up and say, well, hang on a second, Howard, you know, I've had this problem for 40 years. How can one session make a difference, for example? And I know that EFT has a, a particular term for how people respond uh, when they can't quite believe something's rapidly changed. Um, and is that, am I right in saying that's the apex problem? Um, yeah, I don't use the term so much anymore, but yes, yeah, there's a, it's sort of a, um, a cognitive disconnect. It's like, how can this be? And, and to answer your question, you know, like I've had this for 40 years, how can one session or two or three sessions or a minute or two take care of this? And my answer to that would be because in all those 40 years, you've never aimed at the cause. And so that's, that becomes, that becomes a useful answer because they haven't. So, I mean, is there, when someone comes, if, if someone was working with you, for example, over an issue and they'd never come across it before, are there certain things that you do ahead of time to set their expectations about what they're likely to experience through this process? I haven't had that problem for years because, just because of the position I'm in and people that come to me know what I do. Hmm. But for a, a new practitioner, yeah, uh, people would say, well, you know, there's... There's a new thing around. You may not have heard about it before. It's called called EFT, and um, I'm experimenting with it. We've had some great results. I don't know if it'll help your situation or not. They say to the client, mm -hmm. which gives them a way out. But you know, it only take, it takes a few minutes to try it. So why not? So that's a good way to lead into it. And then, of course, if you get results, great, 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 great. If you don't, well, you can back out until you get better skills. So how much would you say if someone turned around and said, well, hang on, is, is this stuff just um, either a placebo uh, or they said, you know, it, it's because, you know, we believe that it's going to be effective. What, what would you say to people who took that line of uh, thinking? Well, actually, it's the opposite of placebo. People don't believe it. I mean, after all, you're sitting there with your fingertips tapping on your body and this is supposed to this is supposed to somehow uh, bring relief that no, nothing else can can bring i mean come on i mean that's the who believes that okay <laughs> so it works despite the fact that it <laughs> that it goes contrary to their belief systems so i mean it's certainly not a placebo yeah um i i was just fascinated by you know whether you, whether you've had some very interesting moments where people who come in and say well you know how can this possibly work um and then they do it and and feel and see and experience the changes and then have this kind of strange moment where they're going, well, I, I don't believe it, but I, I do kind of feel different. Well, what they will tend to do um, is they'll tend to explain it away uh, by other terms. They may say something like, well, all my past therapy over the decades has finally worked. They might say <laughs> something like that. Or, or, or they will say, well, you just distracted me. Or, you know, they, they come up with a number of things because their belief system just will not put their mind around this strange mm. appearing thing. Now, that was a problem really in the beginning. Nowadays, that really doesn't become much of a problem simply because there's so many people doing it, so many people are getting results um, that it's just less of an issue. 
So I, I want to move on in a moment and talk about EFT and, and what the, the, the new advancements, because uh, that's really fascinating uh, to me, and I'm sure it will be for, for our listeners as well. Um, but one thing I noticed uh, on the biography that you have on your website is that you have a high regard for NLP, and you're a certified master practitioner. Um, yes. I was curious how specifically you'd say that NLP has helped your EFT work. Um, I don't think NLP is a requirement for people to do EFT well. But I, on the other hand, I would recommend NLP to anyone because it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating way to really understand the human system mm-hmm. and how it works. And so, you know, I, I have actually forgotten the technical parts of lots of NLP that I learned so many years ago, but it's sort of integrated within me. And so when I talk with someone – you know, I, I'm, I'm noticing the, the changes in, in the color in their face. I'm noticing where their eyes move. I'm listening to their words. I'm, I'm uh, you know, and I, I, I hear them differently than somebody that has no NLP sure. training. You know, so I can, I can get to issues a little quicker um, than I could have otherwise. It, it struck me watching some of the, the clips of you doing demos on YouTube um, that you're, you're quite artful in terms of your language, uh, in terms of retrieving uh, information from them. Uh, and, it, you know, the technical term, I, I guess, would be your use of the meta model um, within NLP or uh, like that. But it seems very in- intuitive and very good at uh, really directing them very, very well to something that's at the core wow. that you can work with. That's a, that's a good point. Howard, and it actually brings us to, I think, a nice segue. There are really two things going on there. One is my NLP training, if you will. Hmm. But the other is, um, as time goes on, I have developed a a way to communicate with, I'm going to call it intuition for now. We'll soon call it the unseen therapist. Mm-hmm. And so when you watch me on those films, sort of dig in and somehow or other find the real issue pretty quickly – uh, and, and things like that. I don't know if that's NLP so much. I really think that's me listening to guidance. Um, we have a we have a lot of help, and that's what the new innovation is about. The unseen therapist. We can probably get into that now. That's the segue. Mm. Well, I have to tell uh, you, when you so. first told me about it, and uh, I nearly fell off my chair uh, because I've known for years that EFT um, is, in inverted commas, the, the tapping therapy. And yeah. I said to you, I remember when we first spoke, I said, so to tell me about this, the, the new advancements and you went, it's EFT without the tapping. And I yeah. thought, what? What? That, that's 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 crazy. How can you do that? That's uh, that to me sounded like it was, you know, a dentist saying, you know, we're doing dentistry without the teeth. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, or, you know, opticians going, you know, we don't we don't do the eye stuff anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah, fascinated to, to to hear about this and how it, how you arrived at that as well. So, well so let tell me us. give you a little hmm. yeah. Let me give you a little background first, and then I'll, I'll answer your your, your question. Um, in 1988, I, I had a, I had a uh, an extraordinary privilege. I was waking up one morning, and I was sort of going over my list of things to do. I'd imposed upon myself, and I tend to make more promises than I, than I should, you know. And so I was going over this list, and it was just ominous. There was no way I could get all this stuff done in a reasonable period of time, and I was getting very frustrated with myself. And I remember I said to myself, who needs this? Now, that doesn't sound very dramatic, but 
I really meant it. I meant it to the point where I literally let go of this world. That's an important phrase. I let go of this world at the moment. It was sort of like this world is so useless. It's just so filled with so much garbage. Da, 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 da. I mean, I was really unhappy. Okay, And I let go of this world. I just let go of it. Mm-hmm. And when I did, the world vanished. And in its place came one of these spiritual experiences that other people have had. It's a small percentage, but but it is just this glorious thing. I was suddenly in the arms of the creator. There was nothing there, Howard, but love. And I can't describe that to anybody. If, how can you imagine there being nothing there but love? But there there was no there was no emotions. There was no um, I mean, negative emotions. There was no war, no trauma, no. I mean, these things were impossible there. In that state, disease, since we're talking about that kind of thing, was impossible. And it was just this warm, this beautiful, this cared for thing. Time was not there. Time does not exist. Space was not there. It was just this, it was just this, this completely glorious state of mind that was just. Uh, the essence of healing, if you will. Um, I've often said about that experience, if I could get back there and maintain it, I could walk into a hospital. And so could you, Howard, anybody listening in. You could walk into a hospital and your mere presence would be healing. I mean, tumors would start subsiding, subsiding you know, lungs would clear up and, and blood work would all, all be clean and, and so on and so forth. That would happen from the mere presence of it. The state of love in that is so intense and so beyond anything that we experience in this state, our separated state, you know, running around inside separate bodies, Hmm. um, that, um, I mean, it just, it, it just begs for us to use it for healing purposes. Um, so uh, a few years after that, I, I, I then came across the, the tapping, if you will, in the EFT. And I started asking, I wanted to bring that into the process. And I started asking people about that, you know, about bringing in the spiritual dimension, if you will. And, and they just weren't ready. I mean, people kind of roll their eyes at me. You know, they sort of mentally like pat me on the back and say, you know, mm-hmm. there, there, Gary, you'll feel better tomorrow kind of thing. <laughs> you know, they, 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 just, they just weren't ready. And so... I didn't bother with it. But in the last few years, I've been asking these questions again. And now, for some reason, there's been a shift, a shift in consciousness where people are now saying, oh, tell me more. Oh, really? And, and, and so I developed what is now this advancement in EFT called optimal EFT, which involves this state, this interstate that, we're, that we are not aware of which I call the unseen therapist. Now, I call it the unseen therapist because that's a non-denominational term. I don't want to get it confused with anybody's religion. I don't want it to, to compete with anybody's religion. The unseen therapist is that essence, if you will, of all religions. It's the ultimate love that permeates and threads its way through all of it. It doesn't matter whether you use the particular dogma and rituals of a big given religion like Judaism or Christianity or Muslim, Buddhism, what I mean, give it your own name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't conflict with anything. It's that, it's that spiritual 
healer within that we that is we all have that we're just not aware of. Okay. Um, and it doesn't matter, Howard, whether you have had my experience, my spiritual experience or not, you can still borrow from it. And that's what my optimal EFT, the unseen therapist, is all about. Now, that was background. Let me, mm. let, let me segue over it into the tapping into this form. The tapping form of EFT, if you simplify it, comes down to two parts. One is you identify the issue properly, which we talked about before. Okay. You identify the issue, number one. Number two, you then bring peace to the issue and with the tapping form of EFT, you bring peace to that issue by mechanically tapping on the meridians, which sends balancing energy, straightens these meridians out, balances them out, and hence creates mechanically the kind of results that we have been used to for the last 20 plus years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, optimal EFT is the same. It has two parts. The first part is we still need to identify the issue. That does not change at all. The second part is we still need to bring peace to the system. But to bring peace to the system regarding that issue, we no longer mechanically tap on the meridians. Instead, I've developed a process where anybody can get quiet, can bring in some the unseen therapist, some metaphors about this, and just let the unseen therapist take care of it. Now, that may seem a little woo-woo until you've done it a few times and seen a few results. And you've read my book and you've seen result after result after result after result after result. Okay. But anyway, so that's my long answer to your questions. <laughs> Sorry for rambling so much, but I thought it was necessary. No, I, I think the background is, is absolutely fascinating. And certainly it sounds like you had a very, very powerful moment when you woke up on a seemingly normal day. Yes. You know, and that's what was so interesting about it. It wasn't, you know, you're not there, you know, stranded underneath an avalanche. You're just, just, just a normal day. You just wake up. Yeah. Lots of, lots of people have these experiences. Uh, I, I've listed some in my book. There's some on my website. Uh, people know these best, I think, because they've heard of near-death experiences. I wasn't near death, but pe many people have been, they've actually physically died. They left their body. They had all these experiences and then came back into their bodies. They undied, if that's the right term. Mm. But there's a parallel between those. I mean, you're, in, in both cases, you sort of let go of this world. And there is this other world awaiting you. And it's actually, truth be known, it's actually more real than what we think is reality. And that is this whole world of separate bodies and separate things. Everything actually is all one. There is no separation from anything and it's just one big ball of love. We're just not aware of it. It's a pretty it's a pretty good illusion though. <laughs> well, it's a, the, the illusion we're under, the separated bodies is a very convincing one. Yeah, 24 seven, sure. Yeah. yeah, it has no let up for me. <laughs> a... No let up, no let up. And, that, and that's why it takes some skill and some new thing, as we talked about earlier, and that's mm. in the book, to begin to put our heads around this. But it's, it's essential that we do this. I mean, quantum physics, and that's our scientific background, has been telling us for decades that the world 
is not as we see it. It is not full of separate things. At the atomic level, which is what quantum physicists study, hmm. at the atomic level, all atoms are connected. All atoms. And that means, to all your listeners, the tree you may see outside your window seems to be different and apart and separate from you. In fact, it is not. It is impossible for a group of atoms to gather together and form some kind of a object outside of you, like a tree, uh, that's impossible to happen. Yet our senses tell us this. Our senses have been receiving us for a long time. It's a fascinating thing. If we ignore it simply because we're so used to our senses, well, so be it. If we want to start benefiting from it, ah, this book, The Unseen Therapist, is going to start showing you how to do that. Fascinating, fascinating tool. This is the wave of the future, I think. Well, I was going to ask you, this is where it, it, it's gone and it's moved, this, this journey that we call EFT. What's next for EFT and what do you hope will be next? Well, I've, I've set up some um, Gary Craig official EFT training centers throughout the world. And if you go to my website, which is emofree, E-M-O-F-R-E-E.com, stands for emotional freedom, emofree.com, you will, you will see the American center, but there's also flags, you know, for, for, the, for the Dutch language, French language, German language, Portuguese language, and so on. Mm. Uh, uh, so I'm setting these things up so that people can learn this properly. Um, I will point out they can only learn it now from one source. Um, I, I learned from EFT, you can't have thousands of sources out there because <laughs> it's all different. Okay? Sure. So it's going to be only going to be taught from one place. So everybody learns it the same way consistently all the way through. So, you know, all that's there. There's The book is free. Uh, some of the more advanced stuff, there's fees for and so on. Um, but that's how, that's, how we're, that's how we're unfolding it. Have you got, Gary, some, a couple of, I mean, you've already mentioned a couple, but a couple more, uh, I would say, cases or things that you could tell us about uh, people you've worked with where you've had some astonishing results? Well, um, probably more important than the results that I have had would be results my students have had. Um, and in the book, one of the, one of the items I highlight there, there's a, a lady in Portugal uh, who was a fairly fair newcomer to this process was working with her 86 year old mother or 80, 83 in her 80s anyway mother mm. who six years prior had had a severe stroke the stroke was so severe that she could not walk across her living room floor without holding on to one person with each arm i mean she just could she couldn't do it she had to hold on to two people to walk across her living room floor so, and that had been that way for six years. Doctors have no, no way of, of helping her, you know, recover from that and so on. So she was just destined to have to live with that the rest of her life. So her daughter, Isabel was her name, the daughter, um, thought she would use this. And so she had her mother use, use the unseen therapist. So... She had her mother just sit in her presence, and the daughter just got very quiet and started using the process, you know, bringing in the unseen therapist, etc. And the mother said something to the effect, I don't have this memorized, but something to the effect, my legs feel different. You know, I think I can walk. And so 
Indeed, the mother got up and she started walking and she walked not holding on to two people. She had to hold on to her, her daughter, one person, but her walking was much improved. And so they went off walking. I think it was like two or 3000 meters, which is like a two miles, I think something like, something like that. Uh, with her holding on to her, her daughter's arm. And that was just fascinating. And then they did it again. Uh, and a day or two later, she walks herself 5,000 meters, which is around three miles, holding on to no one. I've got a video of it. And she does have a, have a, a minor limp. And you can see that one arm is not, not quite as active as it swings, you know, is the other arm. But that's like a 95% recovery from someone who is destined to live with the with that kind of a stroke for all this time now that's I'm, I'm not promising that that's the case for everybody because there's a there's the levels of skill and levels of readiness to get into in some other parts of our new thing we talk about but that points to the possibilities here and mm-hmm. and you know we've had other things i've got i've got a nurse for example who had blood clots uh, or had a patient with blood clots in the legs uh, started using this process, blood clots disappeared to the astonishment of the doctors. Okay, they just disappeared. Okay, so Gary, in the example of the lady that you talked about with with Isabel, uh-huh. am I right in saying that it, it was Isabel that that went through the the process with the unseen therapist um, yes. in relation to her mother, which yes, on the one hand. Um, you know, part of part of me is going. Well, you know, how on earth does that work? And then I'm forgetting, of course, this illusion of separation. Yeah, we are all one. That's how you can do it. I I have I have sat here in my office in California, um, um, connected by Skype to a group of uh, like 80 people in um, New York. They were all gathered together, and I was on Skype. You know, and they were asking me questions, and I was demonstrating this. And what I did was I had everybody in there um, choose a physical ailment they may have. And about 80% or 64 people um, could identify a physical ailment of some kind. I had no idea what their ailment was, none. I just sat, I just sat in my office 3,000 miles away, closed my eyes, brought in unseen therapist in behalf of a whole entire 64 person group. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that three times and um, we went through the audience and we found out that of that 64 person group, I think it was two thirds of them got a very noticeable uh, improvement in their, in their issue. I know one of them, one guy got in front of the, the camera and started to show his hand, which was, you know, sort of semi-crippled with arthritis, you know, and he couldn't open and close his hands very well, but now he could. He was just showing he was very pleased with that. So anyway, yes, we are all one. We have to recognize that, and with that, we can do, we can do things throughout space and time and everything else. Now, Gary, I, I've, is there anything that you thought would come up when we, when we talked about you coming on the podcast um, that you'd like to mention, but that just I, I haven't asked directly? Um, no, I think you've done a, a really good job of that. I would say that while you're going to put the links, you know, on the on the website and so on, uh, it's easy to find the book. Just remember the term unseen therapist. Put that in Google and you'll find the book. Well, listen, Gary, um, 
it's been an absolute pleasure uh, and I hope that certainly talking to you today um, which I've really enjoyed has also been enjoyable for everyone out there uh, and has certainly getting them to, to consider and think about some other uh, possibilities that by all accounts seem absolutely um, too powerful to ignore okay great well thanks for having me uh, uh, Howard it was it was my, it was my pleasure I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did why not share it with anyone you think might be interested and even head over to iTunes to give us a glowing review. You'll find more about what's coming up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rapid change works. And of course, you'll find all the links related to this episode, plus those free five steps to getting your suggestions to sizzle over at rapidchange.works. <laughs>